Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Dash Radio Show with your hosts, Don Wright DeBrance and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on facebook.com forward slash the Dash Radio. Thanks and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to this evening's Dash Radio Show. <laughs> and I'm just, I, I'm Dawn Wright to run. This is Peter Mingles, my co host. Say hi. We're here. And uh, we're talking about stuff already before the show. This is what happens. We start talking about stuff before we come on to talk about stuff. That's right. And so we apologize. Let them, they know they're getting in the middle. So like, That's right. <laughs> You're coming in the middle of some mind, mind-numbing stuff tonight. Um, you know, the, the everything in between in the dash kind of takes us interesting places. And um, I'm going to kick this one off because... Uh, I said to Peter, you know, there were a couple of things that happened in the past 24 hours, and and one of them has been going on for a few months. And talking about small business, my best friend owns a hair salon that I don't think it was 20 years ago, maybe 18, 16 years ago. She bought John's Barbershop in Sandy Hook, Connecticut. It was a really big day for us. I mean, we were rolling the walls with paint. It was the first business any of us, you know, we just came out of high school. We're, we're new. It's entrepreneurism at its finest. You know, she's been doing uh, haircuts at people's homes with her license for years. She won her scholarship in a beauty pageant that she got in because her parents didn't have a lot of money. And so she went and she said, ah, oh, I can get my scholarship. She knew she always wanted to cut hair. She was cutting hair at 13 years old you know, and so she knew that's what she wanted to do, and she's done an amazing job. We're at Sandy Hook Hair Company, if you go to Sandy Hook Hair Co. or Co. S-H-H-C-O dot com, you can go ahead and, and check it out. And so I met her in Chicago, and uh, for those of you who know Sandy Hook, Connecticut, you know, my kids went to Sandy Hook, Connecticut. We, we all grew up in Newtown. Alex grew up in Newtown. I grew up in Newtown. My kids, you know, were in the classrooms of the kids that uh, that that survived that shooting, and um, you know, this has been a really tragic event for my family. It's been a really, really hard few months. And my dad is, you know, he came down right after the shootings, and I met Bonnie in Chicago after the shootings, and and uh, we're sitting there talking about, you know, the the Sandy Hook Hair Co. and and how it's a hub for the whole town and, and everything that's going on. And it's been a really tragic and hard time for Bonnie and for all of her stylists. And, you know, they, they wanted to put up a, a beautiful, um, uh, like a sculpture monument of a of a teacher holding a child in the center of Sandy Hook, and she was raising money, and they did this cut-a-thon. And uh, there's a lot of in small-town politics going on, as as everyone can imagine. And all of a sudden... She says to me, I said, you know, i got to tell you how proud I am that, that, you know, that logo that you and I have created um, has stood 16 years. It's on every bottle of shampoo. And she said, oh, you mean the conspiracy theory bloody handprint? And I said, what? And I I, I just Googled it, and um, it just took me, it took my breath away. 
But basically what these conspiracy theorists have done is taken a logo that Bonnie and I created 16 years ago on her trampoline in the backyard with my Photoshop open when we said, you know what, hairdressers, they, they give love with their hands. That's how they take care of people. They nurture people. They make them beautiful. They give their hearts through their hands. And so um, she wanted to go ahead and make sure that every bottle of shampoo she ever sold, and a lot of times she does haircuts and she gives a dollar for every haircut of every haircut to a charity. She does Relay for Life. and I mean, always giving, always giving. Every single step of the way, Bonnie is giving. And so Have a Heart, Lend a Hand was the first of the slogans, and her colors were black and red, so it was a red handprint with a white heart in it. You guys can see this if you go to sandyhookhairco.com. Um, and now all over the Internet, the Sandy Hook Barbershop New Tenants logo. 16 years she's been in the building. 16 years this logo has been on the building. 16 years it's been, or 15, maybe 14 years it's been on every bottle of shampoo all over the country. People have the shampoo bottles with this logo on it. But it's this new tenant who has these bloody handprints. And I go, what do people do, Peter? I mean, it's amazing what people will do. Yep. Well, they'll, they'll put together pieces of evidence to draw whatever conclusion they want to draw without ever doing any research on the stuff that they're referencing. So, What's the thing a, you always say? I, I always say, unless... I know all the variables. Any conclusion I draw is probably wrong. So unless I know all the variables, any conclusion I draw is probably wrong. And that has helped me out a bazillion times in lots of different settings, especially when things don't go the way I want or maybe that I thought or maybe there's some variables I just don't know about. You know, and it was it was really obvious, I guess, in, in one of many ways when I witnessed some stuff, you know, like as a boss, somebody showing up late. And I remember, as an employee, watching a boss, when someone showed up late, really rip into them. I mean, really rip into them. I mean, made them feel really bad, called them names, really did a horrible job, like a very mean thing, only to find out later that there was more to the story. There was a tragic accident. Somebody had died. Uh, somebody was sick. I don't remember the specific situations, unfortunately. It's too commonplace for people to jump to conclusions without knowing all the variables. And since I've always been the kind of person that digs in, finds out a lot more of the variables, whenever I see anything that doesn't look right, many times I say, there's got to be something else. There's got to be something else. Any conclusion that I might be drawing is probably wrong. And that's mm -hmm. how I had to take that and put it into words. So if you've ever worked with me before, being on a 4 o'clock p.m. Eastern time call or <laughs> anything that I'm doing, you'll hear me say, unless I know all the variables, any conclusion I draw is probably wrong. Yeah. It, and look at this. I mean, look at how innocent. Yeah, yeah, just really, really crazy. I, I got to tell you, I'm uh, – and then yesterday an interesting thing occurred and that kind of got us talking about, you know, there are freedoms that we need to protect. And then there are other things, you know, that, that, and Peter's always said this, too. So a couple of the things that Peter always says has been coming up to be, uh, to be proven this week. And, uh, and so we decided we were going to do the show on, you know, not only on um, freedom to choose and how we need to protect that right and those freedoms, 
um, sometimes we, the you know the things that we're protecting aren't going to be things that are tasteful. They're not going to be things that we choose. Okay, you know, and and we, you know, I agree. And Peter states all the time. You know, we're out there rewarding the wrong behaviors all the time. And if you look at stuff like what we were just talking about, and if you look at um, some of the reality TV that's out there, and uh, and and what people are willing to pay, and basically you're willing to pay for it. If you're willing to watch it, you're spending your time. Um, people are out there every single day, you know, choosing the stuff that they want to watch. And you know, people people over at the television studios, they see that they get traffic, they get people viewing it, they get people watching it. So therefore, they can get advertisers. Okay, and so your traffic and your links to go ahead and show somebody, hey, I watched this freak show, check it out. Or, hey, you know what, this is really bizarre, you got to look at this thing. Or, this was absolutely terrible, I can't believe they even let this be on TV. Every link you post, even if it's saying that it's terrible, gives people traffic, gives them link backs, says that people are talking about it. So even when you're blasting them, saying it's terrible, you're giving them traffic and conversations and link backs, which give them attention. And that's what gets advertisers, and that's what gets ratings, right? That's true. Yeah, it, most people, I really don't, you know, I think most people are nice, but most people are also not educated, and that doesn't mean dumb. That means not educated to the way things work. And specifically, like, like the case that you're making right now relative to advertising and attention and how radio shows or TV shows might be working, hours being a radio show, if you will. But let's talk about TV stations for a second. A lot of people don't realize that those reality TV shows are paid for by sponsors' dollars. Mm-hmm. And sponsors' dollar rates are going to be based on how many people are looking at it. And how many people are looking at it is probably going to be in direct proportion to how many people are drawn to it, for whatever reason, good or bad. And a lot of people just don't realize that some things are just working like that, and they cater to their audience. And the cool thing in part of this message is you get a chance to make those decisions, but you need to make those decisions. Who am I to say you need? It would be preferable, I guess, to make those decisions based on more information about how these things work. So, and, you know, in reference to the conversation that you were having a little bit earlier about the shampoo bottle, how difficult would it have been for anyone that wanted to spout out of their mouth the conspiracy theory about the red hand on the shampoo bottle and just make a phone call to the barbershop or the mm-hmm. shop and say, how did you get that logo and probably hear the really cool, interesting story, which, by the way, would have probably deflated their conspiracy thinking, or they would have had to modify their conspiracy thought. But how difficult would it have been to just inspect what you expect? You know, call her up and ask her, where did you get that logo from? And let her tell you. Chances are you'll find that any conclusion that someone might have drawn about this being some premonition to some horrible event that would have happened a couple of months ago would have been just totally that the conspiracy would have had to be rewritten mm-hmm. yeah it, it's really awful you know like i every time i go online and i i look at the stuff that people are printing out there about my hometown you know the, my hometown wishes that the media would go away 
my hometown wishes that they could go ahead and mourn the deaths of the people and of the kids and, you know, of the families and start the healing process. But every single time something comes up, a whole slew of media comes back into town. And it's just drumming it back up and drumming it back up. And it just opens those holes in their hearts every single time. And, you know, my dad wants to leave. He's lived there for the past, I don't know, I mean, we moved. I was five years old. I'm 45 now. So, I mean, that's when we moved to Newtown, Connecticut. And he wants to sell his home and leave, you know. It's like everything has just been really become terrible over there now. And, And Bonnie's smack dab in the middle of it. She used to cut his hair, the guy who went in and and killed all those kids was one of her hairdressing clients, you know, and he was just a a really quiet, introverted kid, and, you know, she sits there and, you know, she's trying to get through it, you know, these are real people trying to get through one of the most horrific tragedies that have ever befallen any community in the United States, and they come up under guns, you know, like, how can you go ahead and attack the hair salon? That that exists in the center of town. It's just it's a really horrible thing, you know. And and humanity keeps rearing its uh, re- rearing its dark side. I'd say, you know, in a lot of these situations, you know, it, it, when you, when you see something that has a lot of media influence, people go ahead and they they judge and they become the jury and they go ahead and they convict, <laughs> all based on like little tiny pieces of information. And it's a really, really challenging time because people think that they know because they read about it, they Googled it, somebody wrote it on some someone's Facebook wall. So it must be true, you know. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, the proliferation of misinformation is amazing. And it happens now even faster based on the Internet. Well, we're sitting right around the time where Mr. Axel should be spinning some records, so we'll talk about other choices and changes in just a moment. Do you run a home-based business? Are you looking under every rock for your next superstar diamond in the rough? Are you looking for leads in all the wrong places? Look no more. If you're a seasoned entrepreneur, you know you need the right tools in place to run your online business effectively. If you're brand new at your business and you are looking for top-notch training that will take you and your sales team to the next level? For email marketing, autoresponders, lead management systems, and more, Network Leads is what you need to prospect, communicate, manage, and support your customers and sales organizations. Just go to www.networkleads.com forward slash the dash radio and register for your free lead management system today. You've been listening to the Dash Radio Show with hosts Don Wright DeBronce and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on Facebook.com forward slash The Dash Radio. And now... Back to the show. Hello and welcome back to The Dash. I'm Dawn. This is Peter. We're talking about stuff. And tonight it's about choices and changes. Right. So and what are a, we talking about next? Yeah, well, it's about the, well, one part of the stuff is relative to the Internet and the opportunity for people to want to and maybe feel and maybe exhibit their level of importance or relevance, if you will, 
and one of the great things about the Internet is it really does give people the perception that they might, their opinion might be important. And now that's not to say that their perception isn't true. They are important to themselves, and there's like 7 billion people out there that probably feel more or less the same way. But the Internet really has had the opportunity to enhance people's ability to, you know, display their interests or display their feelings. And sometimes they do it in a very open and honest or very really mean way. And I think the ones that probably get the attention are the really mean ones. I've always been somewhat perplexed when I take a look at um, comments, like comments all over the place of people that just spout out whatever opinions they might have. And, yeah, I know in a free society we some people will say they'll die for the right for somebody to be able to say something really stupid and I say, I don't know if I'm going to die for that right. You know, I don't want to get... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm going to die because somebody wants to say something really stupid. I, but I think, you know, they should be able to say whatever they want to say, and we still kind of live in that free society where, as in other countries, they don't get a chance to do that, or even worse, you could be killed if you say or do the wrong thing. But there seems to be a proliferation, as usual, and it doesn't seem to get any better by the day of how many people just write stuff online. So let's talk about that one specific incident of the tragic situation of the gentleman who had just recently passed away. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so yesterday I'm, I'm like, I have Facebook open because, you know, I do the social media on uh, on our show. And so I go ahead and I'm, I'm posting stuff. And, and out of the corner of my eye, I see that somebody that I know, Adam, up in Connecticut, who was the boyfriend of a friend of mine, no longer the boyfriend of a friend of mine, but he's still in my friends list as things go. And I see that he is hostile about, like, who cares that some redneck hillbilly that I, you know, this, that, and the other thing, um, that he died. I don't care. He doesn't care that this guy dies. He's really, really upset that he has any news about the death of this guy. And I'm like, who died? You know, I didn't even know who died. So I go ahead and I'm looking into this. And, uh, you know, the only reason that I even know about this news is because he's angry. He actually wrote, who honestly gives a flying F word that some drunk redneck hillbilly on MTV died? We are one shallow-ass country. Maybe that fat-ass North Korean is smarter than we think. Now, I'm thinking, oh, my God, what a racist comment. Oh, my God, what's he talking about? What a terrible thing to say. Somebody died who died, and why shouldn't he care? Why is us caring about the death of somebody, whether they're a redneck hillbilly or somebody else, a statement about us? I don't, I don't understand. So I asked the question, who died? And the next thing you know, I'm hearing about how there's this television show called, um, hold on, it's called Buck Wild, and how this kid is uh, Shane Gandy, and he's been found dead in a motor vehicle Monday along with his uncle and a third unidentified person at the time, 21-year-old kid. And I read into this a little bit more, and, and this is kind of like the Jersey Shore of West Virginia. You know, they're all a bunch of redneck kids. They go mudding. They go ahead and they drink a little too much and they get too loud. And some, you know, some guy up in Connecticut who, you know, has his opinions about what's fun 
maybe who likes Jersey Shore, really likes the show Shameless, but thinks that this guy doesn't have any right to have his own show, thinks that, you know, this is a less than situation. And so he's made his judgments, and he is angry about the fact that it's on his news feed. And, and he said, uh, the only reason it shows up on my news feed isn't from some ad- admirable quality of the masses. It's because this guy was in front of their faces for all the wrong reasons. On the other hand, people die every day, soldiers, cops, firefighters, scientists, teachers, and not a peep. That's what I'm incensed about. And so this started a conversation between Peter and I because, A, we, he's, Peter's always talking about how we're always rewarding the wrong behaviors, you know, like we're out there going ahead and putting our money and attention and our, our, our votes, let's just say. If every time we post the link to something, we're voting for it. Every time we say we hate it, because, I mean, even Adam, he's angry about this, but he posted the news article about the kid being found dead. Well, all of a sudden they got another talking about this. They got another backlink. Okay, he actually went and promoted the thing that he's angry about by posting it on Facebook and then being publicly angry and posting the link to tell me what he's even talking about. Like, I don't think people get how it works, you know? So That's it's true. like, yeah, <laughs> it's like how how do we communicate that we don't like something? Because if we communicate we don't like it, it gives just as much rank, popularity, and attention, advertising dollars get thrown around, as if we say we do like it. You know, it's really, I think that people need to realize that they're actually going ahead and they're giving it positive, they're giving it cash flow every time they say they don't like something, even even more sometimes than when they say they do. Right, and the fun thing about this part of the conversation is most people really don't know how a lot of the Internet works from the advertising side. Mm-hmm. And just like regular mail, a lot of people don't really know how regular mail works as well. So let's take a look at the economics of regular mail, like postal mail, and then we'll kind of transfer it to the economics of the Internet. And, you know, the economics of regular postal mail, I don't know if you've been reading up in the newspapers, but they're talking about stopping Saturday delivery. And, you know, post mail was designed for a long time ago to make sure everybody could actually get their little piece of mail. Now, there was no guarantee about six days a week, and they're now saying, well, we have to reduce it down to five because the post office is still losing their shirt. Now, there's lots of reasons maybe why the post office is losing their shirt, but one of the big reasons why they lost their revenue is because all the junk mail that a lot of people would normally complain about really paid the majority of the postal service. <laughs> so every every time you got that credit card statement that you just threw out because it was just another one, forget about the environmental people that think, well, you're saving some trees and maybe some gasoline, and let's take that variable out of it. The, the money was, there's a lot of money in junk mail. And you can call it junk mail if you wanted to, but you could also call it Saturday delivery mail from right now as far as I'm concerned. So, yes, the Internet changed things, economics changed things, people being exposed to the same types of ads all in different places. The world is changing as far as that's concerned. But the basic economics of the postal service just shares with you why you're not going to have Saturday delivery anymore. Now, let's translate that to the Internet. If there were no advertising, how big do you really think the Internet would have ever been or would ever 
be. And most people never think about that. So, you know, where did advertising start on the Internet? So, you know, it started off more or less was, you know, there was an Internet thing. You know, the government, the military designed this thing. And then all of a sudden people started putting up websites. And then people figured, oh, i got to get some traffic, so maybe if I put up some ads, and then maybe I have some ads and I'll charge people. But if you have a site, Dawn, and then uh, Joe has a site and Frankie has a site, if I put an ad on their site, just like a sign on their yard, maybe I should share some of that revenue. And I don't know about revenue sharing. You know, it's such a controversial <laughs> word. <laughs> there's a right way to do it and there's a wrong way to do it, I guess. But because they decided that they were going to share some of the revenue from the rental stuff that they have, that actually propelled this Internet to be so big and so dynamic and so wonderful and so awful all in the same bag of worms. But the reality is a lot of people really never take a look at the Internet and every, from the advertising site, and everybody's struggling for it. Everybody's struggling for who's clicking on my next ad, who's paying for my next ad, how all is this stuff getting done. And it's a world that we see that's evolving right underneath our noses or right before our eyes. So when somebody puts up that, and, you know, we call them rednecks just for fun, right? So when somebody puts up that redneck dies in a whatever, um, they put that up there to kind of stir the pot a little bit. Is it newsworthy? I don't know. To people that are close to him in that local community, probably. Me sitting over here in Florida, not even being a fan of that show says who died like i didn't even know he existed sorry i mm -hmm. didn't even know he existed but the reality was is that as a result of that somebody's talking about something and mm -hmm. people are posting and every time somebody posts that makes it more popular and good or bad or indifferent the internet doesn't care the internet doesn't care it's just a matter of now there's this wild frenzy and if somebody says something outlandish here's where we reward the wrong things it seems to get a little bit more attention so, you know, go figure. There's the good and the bad and the ugly relative to everything, and it certainly happens all the time on the Internet. So we're talking about changes and choices. And relative to choices, Don, I didn't even know, you know, I, without sounding horrible, I didn't even know this guy existed. And that there's a lot of things that I don't know either uh, relative to stuff that exists because it just doesn't maybe attract me or it hasn't attracted me yet. But it's really kind of cool that there's a platform for just about everyone in every niche, and lots of people like those types of things. So we're going to talk on the other side of this commercial break in just a minute or so about changes and choices. And, Don, I'd love to hear your duck, whatever, duck calling duck story dynasty. is. <laughs> yeah, duck dynasty, because that's another thing I don't know anything about, but I have a tendency to think that I might be OCD by watching that. Uh, yeah, like you live in cool. Arkansas, and certain things become relevant to you. <laughs> yes. Or just interesting. Right. I think human nature is that they're interesting. So we'll let Axel spin a record or two. All right. Savage Smokes is a new site on the scene dedicated to the trending electronic cigarette industry. If you are looking into e-cigs as an alternative to tobacco and have been disappointed by the ones you picked up at the gas station or you kept your money in your pocket because you didn't know which one to buy, head to SavageSmokes.com for honest and up-to-date electronic cigarette reviews on most e-cigs you see on the shelves. You've been listening to the Dash Radio Show with hosts Don Wright DeBronx and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. 
To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on Facebook.com forward slash The Dash Radio. And now, back to the show. Hello, and we're back. This is The Dash, and we're talking about stuff. So, carry on, Peter. What were you saying before well, we're talking we about choices. You mm-hmm. know, choices and how we say our inconsistency relative to stuff that we sometimes are exposed to. One of my favorite examples is spam, and I'm not talking about the Monty Python skit nor the lunch meat, although I like both, I think, depending on my mood. You know, spam sometimes is in the eye of the beholder, and sometimes when I get it, or a lot of it, I get maybe mildly irritated or not at all, and then sometimes I really welcome it because I've gotten some of the best products that I've ever bought as a result of maybe somebody at least initiating the thought process relative to an unsolicited email. So spam could have a determination on different people based on their blood alcohol level, what's going on in their life (laughs) at that moment, what they might be looking for. And it's just kind of like one of those things. You manage spam. You manage those intrusions in a civilized society, I'm guessing, or you learn how to manage those things. And now we're coming up to different choices that you might have. And you were talking about our Duck Dynasty thing, which I've never seen before, but I've never seen ice truckers before. And let me tell you, if I get a chance to take a look at maybe an old ice truckers thing, I'm fascinated by the just the story and some of the storylines. Or what was the other one? The guys with the fishing boats. I love fishing to begin with, but the uh, deep sea fishing guys, you know, the ones that would catch all the crabs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that was, like, that was like mesmerizing for people like me and somewhat addictive, if you will. And if they had back-to-back stories, maybe I was into that or dirty jobs, you know, or one of the other ones. They're choices that people make, and the cool thing about television is we're exposed to lots of them. And one that I think is a pretty fascinating story based on what I'm hearing you talk about is this whole thing called Duck Dynasties which is a store that I'd probably pass by, if you know what I mean, ordinarily, but sounds like something that people could get hooked on. So tell us more. Okay, so Duck Dynasty, um, how I ended up watching this show is because uh, my dad, my dad loves reality TV. He's a retiree. He was the CIO of Elizabeth Arden Corporation, so my dad was a suit. Hardcore suit, and you know he was a golfer, and he had both of his knees replaced. Six foot five and a half, big guy, largest knees ever replaced in the Danbury Hospital, by the way, up in Connecticut. Um, one of his knees is really bothering him, and the replacement didn't do as well. So he's been watching a lot of TV, and so he get he loves food. He's been a foodie since before foodies existed. Um, can tell you the best hot dog in Connecticut for the past twenty five years, but. The guy loves the Food Network, and he absolutely loves some of these reality shows. So he's the one who turned me on to the Duck Dynasty. And um, these guys have, I guess, I think the entire thing started because they have a um, a duck collar, okay? it's um, And I'm going to go ahead and, and make sure that we, we bring this up so I'm accurate about it. But the the Duck Commander, that's what it is, the, the online, the official home of the online Duck Commander, okay, so they've created this thing, and these are a bunch of rednecks with huge hillbilly beards, right? And it's all about how they created this this company, 
and how they've taken it to the top and how none of them have changed. They all sit around in camo. They've got these big old, big old Duck Dynasty hillbilly beards, and and uh, they talk. Uh, they made this reality show, and they've really become a hit. My daughter, Emily, is a 16-year-old cheerleader, prim, proper, and to the T's, you know, always dressed, always, you know, fixing her hair and doing her thing. Favorite show on television, Duck Dynasty. Go figure, okay? <laughs> so it's it's really interesting to me because, you know, I looked at what, you know, what this guy who's ranting about how could anybody watch this show and, I mean, Okay, granted, maybe the kid was always drunk. I don't know. Maybe it was a really classless show. I've never seen it. I don't know. But I look at it and go, you know, so it's like Jersey Shore meets Duck Dynasty, you know. It's like it's redneck television. It's like if you're not that person, maybe their fun is something you would look down on. Maybe, you know, people with really long, scraggly beards who, you know, don't care about stuff like that and don't buy into those trappings but would rather go ahead and get dirty and go mud bogging is someone to look down on for you. You know, maybe if you're upper upper east side or, you know, you're you know, the if you're in Malibu you look at somebody from Arkansas or, you know, the hills of Montana or, you know, whatever, those people who live in the middle of nowhere who don't care about fashion and what the car that they drive and they don't have 25000 to, you know, whatever a month to cover. Um, but they live a really simple life and they actually, you know, still ring a bell for their kids to come in for dinner. <laughs> you could look down on those people and they could look down on you you know that's what people don't understand is that the people who don't use the internet and are actually present in the conversations that they're having because they're not texting anyone and they don't have facebook and they don't get they're not addicted to technology and they're actually like talking to their kids face to face and they don't text their kids to find out where they are because they know where their kids are, they look at the way we live now and they feel sorry for us, you know? It's it's like it's a balance. And, and you know, it, it goes back a lot of years for me. Um, back in the day when I was a working, or, and I, I lived both sides of the working mother and the stay-at-home mother thing, and I wrote an article about it many years ago called Woman to Woman, and it got some play because at the time when I was a stay-at-home mom and I didn't have any extra money and my friends, they were going out and they were going shopping. I thought, oh, shopping. My friend who had not had any kids yet looked at me and goes, you know, if you just get a job. And mind you, you know, like I found out that if I went and I got a job and I put my kid into daycare, I was going to be working to have my kid in daycare because it was like $275 a week for them to be in, from him to be in daycare full-time. And or for both of them, I think to be in daycare full time, it was two hundred and seventy-five bucks, and I was only going to be making three and a quarter at the time take home at the job. And I'm like, why would I work forty hours for fifty bucks? Like, why, why would anybody do that? And so it was, it was one of those things. And my husband and I made the decision that I would stay home with my kids, but that meant I didn't have money to go out shopping. You know, I couldn't go and play the games and, and do the things that other twenty-some-year-old women we're doing that didn't have kids. And then I went to work, and I went to work for myself because I could make a lot more money at home, not have daycare, 
and go ahead and get involved in network marketing and, and build a home-based business. And so that's how I got into home-based business, and, and I went and I built my business that way, and that's still how I live my life today. And then what happened was my husband's sister went off on me one day about how I was working all the time and I wasn't paying attention to my kids, and she judged me as a stay-at-home mom as a working mother. And I thought, well, talk about damned if you do and damned if you don't, right? <laughs> and I'm kind of seeing this as the same kind of thing as what's happening between those the haves and the have-nots right now or the people who choose to jump into this technological world and, and live in you know live in the trappings and the people who choose not to live in the trappings and their judgments of each other and how no matter what side we sit on, we're... We're just judging the other side. That is so true. And if anything, it's happening probably more so now, or at least yeah. we're conscious of it happening more so now than ever before. Yeah. You know, it was, yeah, it's, 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 a, it, it's something that I think people have to become conscious enough to manage. You know, we had a situation last, I know this is a little bit of a tangent, but about, you know, being aware of stuff or not. My um, In my house, my wife does whatever she does to make sure we get notifications of all the stuff that's going on. So whether there's a forest fire or a tornado or a thunderstorm or some sexual offender that determines that he wants to live anywhere close by in the neighborhood or whatever, we get notified. And while we were on the phone yesterday, yesterday for the radio show, she came in and she says, hey, you got to lock all the doors and all the windows because there's some mentally ill guy who's running around in the woods outside, and he's got a gun. I had and, one of those just last week. Yep. So, you know. Not so, a mentally ill guy with a gun, but, you know, it's the same kind of a phone call. Lock yeah, all the doors. Yep. Yeah, so lock everything up. And, you know, mm-hmm. so that's what we do because, you know, that's what I think the notice Most people for. would do, yep. Yep, and I realized that how it changed the conversation of the day, if you will, or whatever was going on towards what was happening, and I don't know all the details, but the reality was is I just said, you know, this is kind of something. When I got the little message, I was aware of something. Um, How many of these things have happened that I really was totally oblivious to? And which way was I better? Mm -hmm. You know, which way was I better? Totally oblivious or the concept that I was knowing? And I think that's the moral dilemma of the technology and all the things that we're faced with as a human being we are right now faced with so many things Mm -hmm. that we never were faced with before and we have to make decisions and sometimes it feels like life decisions about each or every one of them and you know i don't know who designed this brain but i don't think it was (laughs) (laughs) i can't speak for anybody else on the phone but whoever designed this brain wasn't really designing it for all these conscious decisions. Like, I completely agree with you. I was happy when I was ignorant of so many <laughs> things, Peter. Like, I was talking about that the other day. We were talking about the blacklisted people, okay? Mm-hmm. The people, like, uh, years and years and years ago, okay, we've had a lot of conversations about the um, the people who live in a place of such awareness that now they're being watched by the United States government I, I and, and by other governments because there is a point where people who have curiosity, who go down certain, you know, and sniff things out, all of a sudden from, from curious you then become a national security risk. I mean, 
there there are things that, <laughs> that when about when I was twenty some odd years old, I went to a survival preparedness expo because I was in Aola and we had silver. And silver is a natural antibiotic, antimicrobial, antifungal, anti this, and it's fantastic. And ASAP, I'm going to give them a plug, ASAP, like as soon as possible. You just Google ASAP silver. And you will, silver solution, I think is what it's called. And you will find the best liquid silver I've ever used. And they have medicinal grade and they've done incredible work. Uh, really amazing stuff, these guys. And the owner of the company, the scientist behind it, uh, brilliant guy. I talked to him personally a few different times in my life. And, and he was involved with AOLA. And, and so I was at a survival preparedness expo. And I met a lot of really interesting people. And those are really cool. So if you've yeah. never been to one, you got to go to one. Yeah, really highly recommend. And the education you get about the cons- – if you like conspiracy theories, show up at a survival preparedness because <laughs> <laughs> you will get your fill. And, you know, I, I met people who wrote books on Ebola and these other viruses and the, the doctors who were at whichever, I think it was Yale, when they actually discovered whether it was whatever, maybe it was HIV or it was another virus and, and how how things have been used. And, I mean, the theories and the conspiracy theories and how they think that this was actually invented and then it was used in biological warfare and then how this happened and then this nurse who was over in Iraq and, and how this particular particular disease ended up coming back here but half the soldiers who went got it and half the soldiers who didn't go didn't and they got it too and so you know and and it had to be the tampered with vaccination batches and how i mean and these 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 conspiracy theories just kept coming and kept coming and kept coming and so here i am i'm i'm like naive i'm starting to like look into some of this you know and the next thing you know I'm talking to this guy, and he tells me how he was blacklisted. I don't remember who the guy was. This is like 30 years ago for me or 20, 20 years ago for me. But what What do you mean you were blacklisted? And I start to get the information. He's like, yeah, I'm being followed everywhere I go, and there's always this, and there's always – and I thought to myself, oh, no. I don't want to be followed everywhere. I don't want to, I don't want to live looking at my life in my rearview mirror wondering who's following me. Why would anyone want to live that way? I would rather not know the truth. And and then I watched The Matrix. And do you remember the scene in The Matrix where he says, you know what? I know this is steak isn't real, but, you know, I, I'm eating it, and I don't care if I'm tasting it as I'm chewing it and the juice is going down my throat. Do I really care? Do I want to know that the steak that I'm eating isn't real? And I swear to you, Peter, I don't want to know. I I think in my 40s, I don't want to know any more truth. I think they (laughs) I have way too much to process. Like, I don't watch the news on purpose. Like, I, I ask Alex. I say, you know, is there anything interesting I really need to know about that won't depress me? No. Okay. And I go on about my day because... Some of it, it's like some of it I think is really important. You know, if it's going into my body, I want to know about it. If it's affecting me personally, I want to know about it. And if it's something that I can have impact with, if there's an injustice that I can impact, I want to know about it, you know. But when it comes down to all of the idiosyncrasies and all of the conspiracy theories and all of the things that, that, I mean, Peter, we could live our lives terrified under the desk and and afraid to afraid to go out and be who we are and live our lives and breathe fresh air. 
Like, it's true. It's just, you know, where's the balance? I don't it, know where the balance it, is. It's it. crazy. All I know is that my brain wasn't really developed to be able to handle all that stuff. So this much, no. Yeah, right. exactly. Mm-hmm. It's, it's big time. Well, we're going to come back on the next side of this little commercial break. So, Axel, go spin some records. Are you in a run about your taxes? No more with this simple template. Your business deserves the best, and so do you. Try our simple bookkeeping formula. You'll look organized, find your receipts, and you might even get a write-off. One thing is for sure, you'll thank us. Visit bit.ly forward slash the dash taxes. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash D-A-S-H taxes. You've been listening to the Dash Radio Show with hosts Don Wright DeBronce and Peter Mingles. Thanks for tuning in. To follow our every move, here's what to do. First, click follow at the top of our show. Then, hop on over and subscribe to our blog at www.thedashradioshow.com. Text DASH to 37404 for our upcoming mobile experience. And like us on Facebook.com forward slash The Dash Radio. And now... Back to the show. And welcome back to the dash. And I just want to wrap something up that I want to make sure that I'm very clear about. You know, we talk about this stuff, and I'm telling you stuff that I heard when I was 20 years old in the conspiracy theories and the blacklists and all this stuff. It, it, it almost seems like it's very Hollywood, you know. And the thing is, it's just because you read it doesn't make it so. And just because somebody Googled or said something about it or posted it on Facebook doesn't make it real. And just because the Associated Press wrote about it doesn't make it real. Like, I mean, we are being buffeted with stuff all day, every single day. And you got to pick your battles and you got to pick the stuff that actually is important to you and then you got to set up your filters because, like, seriously, if every single time somebody died, if every single t- I mean, you can obsess. If you have an obsessive disorder of any kind, this is your era, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. You're having fun. You're hyperextended. <laughs> You're a mess. You're in heaven. You are. You're in hog yep. heaven. You can get anything you want. You can get more of it. It'll bury you, you know? Yep. You're and losing I think sleep. You're losing yep. sleep, yep. getting three monitors going. <laughs> it's the truth. And it's like, you know, that's why it's so important to go ahead and actually pick what you want in, you know. Garbage in, garbage out is really important to, to really kind of land on because if you want information, you can get it. Making sure it's good information and it's valid, factual information, it's not just somebody's opinion. Is that, and, and it doesn't matter where it's coming from. The source is not what makes it relevant, okay? Because the source doesn't have all of the all of the data either. You know, in a lot of situations, you know, we're listening to stuff, and it can come from a really, really credible place, but that doesn't mean they have all the information either. You know, so you know, it's always a matter of if you don't have all of the facts, all of them. You know, it has to it has to be an all encompassing all, and you have to spend a lot of time to get a lot to get all the information, right? That's right, absolutely. And and like we say, to complete that sentence, unless you have all the details or all the variables, any conclusion you draw is probably wrong. Now, I want to talk a little bit about your Sandy Hook thing, and then something also I've seen in the newspapers, without naming it specifically, is what I've observed relative to newspapers. And when we talk about 
um, rewarding the activities that sometimes we shouldn't be rewarding. Here's like a great example. There was a, a, an article recently written. It seems like every time something pops up, then more people are going to rewrite an article about something. And I said, start to say to myself, well, why does this happen? And I say, well, let's take a look at this for a second. There's an independent article writer. He's called maybe a reporter or a journalist, and he has to pay his or her bill. And he's competing against all of the other journalists out there, if they call them journalists. I think Walter Cronkite would probably call them far less than that in, in, most, in most places. But now he or she is competing with everyone else that is submitting an article for this very limited space, for this very limited paycheck. Mm-hmm. And they'll do just enough. They'll do whatever they have to do to sensationalize anything, and they'll put stuff in print that may not be real. Or they put stuff in print that might sound good or maybe get more people reading the newspaper so more people will buy from the people that are advertisers. Or, or their sponsors. headline will be smoking hot. Just exactly. the headline. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So when you ask yourself and you're reading that article, you know, ask what's the motivation on why this is written and I wonder how much fact-finding or digging they did. And let's go back to your Sandy Hook logo. Mm-hmm. The Sandy Hook shampoo logo for anybody that was coming in here has that, you know, the red palm with the heart cut out in it. And some conspiracy people might be thinking that this was some foreseeable sign of some horrible event that was going to happen sometime in the future. And if they would have just made the one phone call and said, you know, how would you get your logo from the person that actually ran the shop that made the bottles that did the logo 15 years ago and came up with the story, they probably would have had the right answer. So editors don't care about the right answer because that's what we don't re- – depending on the newspaper. I shouldn't say that exclusively. Well, let depending me throw out there that I actually, from Chicago, went on to the Sandy Hook Hair Co. Facebook fan page and responded as the developer of the logo 16 years ago to the guy who was making this accusation on their fan page. And basically, he called me a Satanist, if memory serves, and they, the people from Sandy Hook – finally just took the whole thread down. But he didn't care. That's the point. Right. People will just make stuff up to, to go ahead and, and fuel whatever it is they want to believe. Like, <laughs> he wanted to believe it was a bloody handprint. <laughs> he didn't care what the truth was about it. Right, right. Yeah, exactly, because maybe it ruined his story mm-hmm. and, or his version of whatever story he needed to be true. Mm-hmm. So when you start to take a look at that jaded little way of the way people do things, I could definitely see why I'm going to I'm going <laughs> to do a sick weird twisted thing about okay. our Apple application now being finally approved. Live. Okay, yes, yes, yeah, yes. Cuz I'm reading so for those people that don't know, we've had an Apple application for the Dash Radio. An uh, app. Va- yeah, an app. Dash, we, we the just, Dash Radio has an app. So go to the App Store. Yes. Woo! Where's your clapper? Woo! Oh, hold Woo, on. Woo! No on. clapper. No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> clapper. There it is. There it is. I am, I am never <laughs> more than seven seconds away from my clapper. So you have to go and type in the Dash Radio into the App Store and download our app because we're cool because we've got an app now. But boy, right. was that a root canal process. That, that was a root canal. But I got to tell you right now, I feel better because on Tuesday, April second of two thousand and thirteen. In the Wall Street Journal, right on the marketplace, Apple's chief publicly stated, we're sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So I'll take that. (laughs) Okay. 
as a we personal. We him. Yes, we'll take that as a personal <laughs> apology. Personal apology to the dash. Yes, to the dash, and it took a week longer than what it was supposed to. <laughs> and since it was in writing and he said it, I will definitely take it, if you know what I mean. I, I do. I do. Because really I'm reading it. Apple. It was delivered to my house. There you go. It was a personal letter from him to you. It just took him ways to get there. We're sorry. That's good. He was busy. He was busy just really screwing up. Yeah, Chinese, you know, customer service, and there's a billion of those people. So we'll cut them some slack. Let's talk about China for a minute, because Mm -hmm. as I was looking, we were looking at the news today. We went and we found, we stumbled upon a couple of things. One was, of course, a new flu in China, a new bird flu, a couple of people dying. And then I click on an associated link that tells me that in 2010, air pollution was linked to 1.2 million deaths in China in 2010. Wow. 1.2 million people died of the pollution. Now, I mean, I'm telling you, I live in Arkansas now, and we got some seriously clean air. But you drive a couple miles down the road, and you can see the nuclear plant um, pumping steam into the into the air, and it makes me a little nervous as I drive by. Okay, even in one of the cleanest places in the country, we've got a nuclear power plant now. 1.2 million people are dying in a year. Okay, well, actually, this is air pollution ranks seventh on the worldwide list of risk factors, contributing to 3.2 million deaths in the world. 1.2 million of them were in China, guys. And and I look at that, and I mean, in in, in India, okay, they're looking at 620,000 premature deaths in 2010 because of pollution. Um, it's a really, really, really vicious thing, you know. I look at that and I go, and and the guy who was commenting on it said, you know, if that happened in Canada, there wouldn't be anybody left to test the air. They'd all moved, you know. That's true. <laughs> they would have all left. True. So it's it's pretty crazy what's what's going on, and and you know that's pretty interesting stuff. And you wonder what are we doing about it, you know? Like what are we doing about stuff like that? Because that's pretty heavy stuff, you know. Like that's stuff that I want to know more about. Like there's things that I go, you know, I, I didn't need to know about that, but this is pretty important. Right. So the stuff that's happening in China and the stuff that's happening with the military stuff relative to China, it's all about. You know, it's an ever-changing world, and we have way too many things to think about, and then sometimes we just have to kind of close them out and then wonder what's going on in our little dash as well. Mm-hmm. So I think it's all about uh, balance. It's all about managing the issues. It's all about forming your own philosophy. That's if your brain works that way. There's a lot of people that do, their brains just don't work that way, Don. They're just like, I don't care. Like, I don't care. I realize I'm only going to be around on this spinning planet for 50, 60, 70, 80 years, and none of that stuff's really going to affect me. And like Forrest Gump's mom says, I don't know who's right. Like, is it fate? Is it chance? Who knows? But managing those changes and those choices, like we started off this conversation with, are stuff that you just kind of have to deal with. And if not, they're going to be distractive for sure. You know, we didn't really get into change that much, so let's let's just touch on that because we got just a couple more minutes before we go. Sure. Um, you know, things have changed 
And the way we look at everything has changed. And and the way we get information is one of the big changes, you know, that we've, and we have to have a lot of, we have to change the way that we look at everything that we read. But we were talking about change in a different way before we started. What were you saying? Well, we were talking about changes just even in industry as well, before Mm -hmm. we got on this call, about how all the different industries have changed based on the Internet. Mm-hmm. So I was looking at um, there was a uh, American uh, American Greeting Cards Corp is That's trying to great. buy back their stock because people aren't sending greeting cards the same way they used to be anymore. That's right. We're taking we're, we're taking a look at you know and and by the way so there's network marketing companies right that send out greeting cards I think there's a couple of them mm-hmm. um, without an endorsement but there's what send out cards is probably yep. one of the bigger ones that actually they are really Bonnie cool. who we talked about is a send out cards rep. She never joined a network marketing company in all the years I've been a leader in network marketing, would not get involved. And, of course, six, eight months ago, she talked telling me about Send Out Cards. Wow. She's sending it out to all of her clients. Wow. <laughs> great product line, right? A great product line. Anybody yep. that's in business sends out thank you notes, and they have a really inexpensive way to do it. So there's probably mm-hmm. a few other companies like that. So we don't need the hate mail from saying we just endorse Send Out Cards. But they're a good company. The, the best that I know of, you know, they're, they're a good company with great people. We have a lot of people that work with that. But, you know, the, the card industry has changed. Certainly the travel industry has changed. You know, where mm-hmm. do you go to find a regular travel agent the same way you used to? That industry has changed dramatically. Walmart has changed, you know, as a result of stuff. You know, the biggest Walmart store that gets the most dollars and cents is not the one that's in your local community. That's it's right. The one that, it's the one that's online. That's right. So there's a lot of things that are happening, and I think very quickly. So whether it's music or obviously in the um, in the technology field with all the different types of tablets, Dell, which was the darling of the industry, you know, a genius, if you will, a long time ago, is struggling mm-hmm. right now for reinventing itself. That's right. And, you know, I think that a lot of it has to do, you know, like really how do you go ahead and be a small business and compete with the Internet? And the only way to do it is with just that friendly, 100% committed to your customer's approach. I mean, you cannot afford to be the grumpy mechanic anymore. You cannot afford to be the guy that, like, you know what, everybody goes to him because they can't get it anywhere else. There is none of that anymore. Everybody can get it somewhere else now. So really when it comes down to it, it's going to be about what's the service that you give because everybody can get the product and the service from a lot of other people. They've got access now. That's right. So now it's just about how, what kind of quality and service care and product do you provide because if you're not kicking ass and taking names at the like highest level of excellence, then you know, you're going to lose your people. That's right. And Period. then FedEx, which had to have you the stuff the next day, Mm-hmm. is losing, you know, ground by people that say, I don't mind waiting another day. <laughs> so it's a moving They're used part. to getting everything instantly. They don't mind if something takes an extra 48 right. hours anymore. <laughs> if they could save some money on shipping, you know, and that's another whole story. But we're going we're gonna to let Axel, I'll let you close it up, Dawn, then we'll let Axel spend some records. All right, okay. So tomorrow we get Ed Azwaski, our paranormalist that I said was last week, but it was the different Oz. <laughs> it was Ajaka, um, John Ajaka. So this week we have Ed Azwaski tomorrow. Um, he's a paranormalist, and we're going to find out how one actually becomes a ghost hunter. And uh, it should be a really fun show. So we're here tomorrow night at 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time for The Dash, and we will see you then. Thanks a lot for coming. Thank you.
Thanks for listening to the show. At The Dash, we know that your time is precious, and your choosing to spend it with us means a lot. To get reminders for our live shows that happen every Monday through Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern, click follow on the top of any show. Also, subscribe to our blog for articles, inspirations, and great products and services for your ever-growing business at thedashradio.com. For upcoming mobile experience, text DASH to 37404. And don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash thedashradio. Again, thanks for spending some of your Dash with us. We look forward to talking with you again soon.